Hello and welcome to Locked on Spartans. It is Tuesday, November 6, 2018, Election Day in America. How exciting. Um, but I'm not going to say more importantly, but almost uh, very importantly, also game day for basketball. It is officially basketball season, right? Two big events going on at the same time today in America. The elections, the polls are open, and the Champions Classic tips off tonight in Chicago featuring your number 10 Michigan State Spartans taking on the top-ranked Kansas Jayhawks. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Will Hunter. Uh, Good to be with you today. Good to be talking to you again. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, If you don't already, follow the show on Twitter at OnSpartans. Follow me on Twitter at Will underscore underscore Hunter, 1L2 underscores. Keep up with the show, everything that's going on. Get the the shows tweeted right to you every single day. Uh, Or subscribe to the show. That's the easiest way to get it. Subscribe using whatever service you use. Uh, And if you want to ever reach out to the show, any of those social media channels works. The Facebook page works. Lockdown Spartans, just search it on Facebook or email LockdownSpartans at gmail.com. So like I teased yesterday, uh, we're going to talk about the Champions Classic game today. Um, uh, for I think we're, we're going to do two segments, right? We're going to do a, a little two-segment preview of the Champions Classic. Just talk about um, what to look for, what to expect, how much the game matters, things like that. Just kind of a, a broader thing. There'll be a number of topics within each segment. And then the third segment will be spent uh, on football and and fandom, in a way. I've been seeing a lot of uh, debate, and I don't think it's debate. It should be debate uh, over whether or not Michigan State should root for the team to beat Ohio State this weekend, which would essentially lock up the Big Ten East for Michigan and would essentially lock up the Big Ten for Michigan because... They're going to face Northwestern in the title game, and unless Ohio State somehow beats Michigan, would kind of help lock up a, a solid shot. Like, Michigan would be the Big Ten's last hope at a playoff bid. And I've been seeing some debate, should we root for Michigan State to beat Ohio State and, uh, you know, unlock that chain of events? Or should we, you know, root for Ohio State to win out and ruin Michigan's season uh, and I don't think that's much of a, a debate at all. But we'll talk a little bit about that to close out the show today. But first, we're going to talk about the Champions Classic. Uh, this is the eighth year Michigan State has been in the Champions Classic, 3-4 and four overall. Some really solid showing, some really great wins, obviously. A couple of stinkers and then some close losses like the Duke lost last year. Oh, that one still stings. Um, but yeah, it's just... I always look forward to this event. I I know um, people aren't fully into college basketball mode yet. It usually takes that bowl break, right? Once the regular season's done uh, and we get into, you know, mid-end of December, you know, the, the conference season is about to get going for basketball. And then, you know, a couple weeks later, really when the playoff ends, for for college basketball, then everyone's kind of really ready to go for college basketball in March is only a couple months away. Uh, But this is 
Uh, I think just an awesome kickoff, obviously, for the college basketball season, and I wish more people were locked in on it because I think it takes people by surprise every year that Michigan State, Duke, Kansas, and Kentucky are all in the same venue playing back-to-backs like they do every single year, and it's always featured, you know, like all four teams are in the top ten this year. I feel like that happens every other year, and the year it doesn't happen, it's because somebody's ranked 14th or something like that. So it's always just like the premier college basketball event, and I'm super glad Michigan State's part of it. And this year, uh, it's an interesting matchup. You take on the number one team in the country, preseason number one, Kansas. Like Right away, you get a shot to knock off the big dog. Um, It's going to be tough. Uh, I will say that Kansas right now... uh, you know, the voters have this one right <laughs> in my mind in the AP. Kansas is really freaking good. I don't know if they're number one in the country, uh, but they are certainly a very good team. Uh, they obviously, they went to the final four last year, uh, had a very good chance to win it all. And they bring some guys back. <clears throat> uh, LeGerald Vick is probably their top returning player. And then there's Udoka Azubuke, the seven foot monster that plays in the post. Uh, one key thing here is uh, Silvio de Souza is, is suspended for this game uh, due to what has been uh, alleged, and the I guess it's more than alleged because it was in the in the trial in the NCAA uh, violations in the FBI corruption trial with Adidas and all that stuff. Uh, de Souza was uh, brought up in that the recruitment of de Souza, uh, so he has actually been suspended for this game. Uh, actually, is suspended pending. Uh, you know, the clarification of the situation, Bill Self will coach, uh, which is funny, uh, despite him being very much caught up in this scandal. Uh, Dan Wetzel from Yahoo Sports, if you want to read a good piece about that, Dan Wetzel had a great piece just about the hypocrisy of Bill Self's fingerprints being all over the the scandal, yet he gets the coach through it uh, and the players are suspended through it. So that's a, a fun thing. But yeah, he he's out, but, you know, Marcus Garrett, Mitch Lightfoot, they're good players here. Uh, Kansas is really deep up front, right? They have uh, a really good group of post guys, uh, and that's kind of the interesting part is where it's it's like a solid matchup for Kansas, right? Uh, they have bigger guys than we have. Nick Ward is our biggest guy at six foot nine. Uh, Azubuke is seven feet tall, uh, and they have just more talent down there than we do. So it's going to be interesting to one thing. I think, I guess I'll put it this way. A key to watch is like Nick Ward's foul trouble, right? Xavier Tillman's foul trouble, Kenny Goins foul trouble. And Izzo talked about this uh, yesterday. They can't be picking up uh, fouls on screens, offensive fouls. They can't be getting charges. Nick Ward, especially uh, can't get a lazy reach on the defensive end. Uh, They're going to have to be solid, uh, in terms of position, like arms up in the post, can't reach down for guys. Uh, don't give the officials uh, an opportunity to make a call that makes you have to sit on the bench for an extended period of time. Because uh, if that happens, if, if Michigan State's front court starts to get thinned out uh, because of foul trouble, it could be a very long night. Uh, Kansas could easily own them on the glass. Uh, if if Nick Ward isn't all the way there tonight. So that is something to watch, uh, especially early as the game gets going, uh, if Michigan State can avoid foul trouble uh, in the low post. Another thing that uh, is really key is 
it's like, well, we just talked about the post. Let's talk about the guards. Uh, Michigan State has an advantage uh, with guard play in this game, at least in terms of uh, experience, right? So Michigan State's going to start Cassius Winston at the one, uh, Lang- Josh Langford at the two, and Matt McQuaid at the three. They're, and it's sort of like a small, small forward with Matt McQuaid. Uh, so they're really three guards starting. And Kansas returns LeGerald Vick, and it's their only returning starter at guard. They do bring in a really highly touted freshman. Uh, Quentin Grimes is his name. I'm sure you will see him a little bit tonight um, and notice him. He's the preseason Big 12 freshman of the year. Uh, He's number 10 overall in the class, I think, in composite rankings. So top 10 recruit and Quentin Grimes in the backcourt. And then they got Charlie Moore and Marcus Garrett, uh, who didn't really play a ton last year and didn't play well uh, in, in the preseason, but those are going to be their guards that they're relying on last uh, this year. And uh, in, some, in terms of experience as well, that sort of tilts uh, a little in Michigan State's favor. Vic is the, the lone senior for Kansas, and that's not shocking given uh, how Kansas recruits and sends guys to the NBA, and it's just like a different... It's, it's not as crazy as K- Kentucky's one-and-done thing right they do get some guys that stay there for extended periods of time but it's not quite the same as Michigan State where uh, it's much more common for a guy to stay four years than it is for him to leave uh, early all right we will continue with a little champions classic talk after the break but first a word from vivid seats hey guys if you're in if you're in Chicago right now you're trying to get tickets to the game go to vivid seats they'll help you out vivid seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to get to. And you can sort by price, look for the seats in the section and row of your choice. It's, it's great, it's easy to use, and to make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. It's easy, go to the App Store, Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app, use promo code LOCKDOWN, one word, LOCKDOWN, for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by one 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater tickets and more. Download that app, use promo code LOCKDOWN, and get your $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. And guys, we are expanding local sales here at the Locked On Podcast Network. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast or Locked On Lions or Locked On Pistons or Locked On Wolverines or the combination of all of us, email me, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome back to Locked on Spartans here. Thank you for joining us back for segment two. Uh, Yeah, going to keep on with this Champions Classic. And I wanted to start this segment just uh, kind of pointing out that uh, Tom Izzo has kind of owned Bill Self a little bit, hasn't he? Like, 
unless there's a massive talent discrepancy like there was uh, in the NCAA tournament two years ago when Kansas was a one seed, Michigan State was an eight seed that was really struggling and led by four freshmen who were still trying to figure things out. Uh, Izzo does a good job kind of beating up Bill Self a little bit. So I, I don't know, maybe Izzo would be disappointed if uh, Bill Self was suspended for this game for all of his uh, alleged NCAA violations. And man, if you go read some like the stuff about that, there are a lot of them. Like the the idea that Bill Self is a victim in this scenario, which is the way the federal prosecutors uh, establishes the schools and the coaches are the victims, uh, is really funny because their hands are all over it. Uh, but super interesting, and they've only gone through one trial. There, right? There's two more. So we'll see uh, how much longer Bill Self is at Kansas. Obviously, this is a very uh, tricky situation for them to navigate uh, because they kind of been caught with their coach's hand in the cookie jar in some ways. Uh, but we'll see. I don't think, obviously, that'll impact anything tonight. I mean, this is this is the business of, of college basketball, right? That that sort of stuff. So no different for Bill Self tonight. Uh, I doubt. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Actually, I'm interested to see how much the broadcast mentions it. Uh, because college basketball is great at a lot of things. Acknowledging its warts is not one of those things. And so on a night when you're supposed to be uh, celebrating the game and celebrating four of the top programs in the game and look at all this amazing talent and look at we've got we're here in Chicago. We've got this beautiful building that we're in. We've got all these NBA scouts, all these fans here. It's an exciting back-to-back national TV, all eyes on the game. It's a Tuesday night. There's nothing else going on in sports. The eyes of the American sports world are fixed on college basketball. Look how wonderful everything is. Do they take that time to acknowledge all of the off-season warts uh, in terms of the FBI scandal or the trial? It's not even a scandal. This is a trial. Uh, and a, a number of uh, the three defendants in the first phase of the trial being found guilty uh, and all the information that came out about different schools offering X amount of money. Like if, if you know, if Creighton's offering $100,000, if Creighton, Creighton is offering $100,000 to get players who are, you know, solid recruits, but not, you know, not one and done top 10 picks, like these are just solid starters for two years, and then they're picked twenty eighth overall in the NBA draft or something. A player of that caliber, if, if Creighton is paying a hundred thousand dollars to try to get that person, what do you think is happening everywhere else? Like, I'm not accusing anyone specific of cheating, but if Creighton's lobbing six figures around, uh, I, I think it's f- safe to assume a lot of other schools are. Anyway, uh, does college basketball acknowledge what is going on? In, in their sort of underworld tonight, uh, and when all eyes are on them, when they've got the stage unto themselves. Uh, I don't expect a ton of that. Uh, it'll be interesting to pay attention to, uh, that's for sure. Some other things that I think uh, are going to be keys for you to watch. If, you wanna, if you're watching the game tonight and you want to focus on a couple of things or, or pick a few things to maybe take the temperature of the game to see how it's going, I already gave you the, the guys in the post. Nick Ward specifically is foul trouble. That is one to watch. If he gets into trouble early, it is going to be supremely difficult for Michigan State to kind of dig itself out of that hole. And that's, you know, that's granted Kansas's bigs play well, right? Nick Ward could get in foul trouble and 
no one in Kansas's post could hit a shot and things could go just fine for Michigan State. Uh, but odds are, if the big guys from Michigan State get into trouble quick, uh, you don't want Marcus Bingham to have to be forced to play minutes when he's not ready yet, especially against someone who's seven feet tall and can absolutely physically dominate him. So that is something to pay attention to, right? The, the fouls in the front court. Another thing to pay attention to is what does the second unit look like offensively when Cassius Winston goes off the floor? So Matt McQuaid's going to be running the point. Um, so I imagine the rotation will be uh, McQuaid comes out, uh, Goins comes out uh, of the starters, and then Tillman comes in at the four, Aaron Henry comes in at the three, and then like six or eight minutes later, McQuaid, I think McQuaid will be the first one off for the starters and then the first one re-entered for Cassius Winston when he gets his break. So it'll be, you know, and then Tillman slides down to the five at some point to relieve Ward. uh, And so we'll sort of see how that plays out. But when when, uh, McQuaid comes back in, right, McQuaid comes off for Henry, comes back in for Winston, what does that unit look like offensively? Uh, Because... Cassius Winston is going to be the key to creating a ton of the the offense for Michigan State this year, and I will be very interested to see if they do play on the on the court together. If McQuaid just takes over point guard duties at some point, and uh, Langford kind of slides into a three role, and and Cassius Winston's an off the ball combo guard who's ready to shoot, and they're trying to free him up off of screens to take threes uh, because he could shoot the three better than anyone on the team. He probably just didn't shoot enough last year. So what does the offense look like with McQuaid? We know what it's going to look like with with Cassius Winston. Uh, There's going to be really dynamic plays, really great passes. They're going to run in transition. There's going to be some mistakes with it too, and that's fine, especially early in the season. We know. I don't even have to talk about the fact that Michigan State's going to turn the ball over 18 times tonight. We all know. Like, it's just happening. Uh, It's a a fact at this point. Uh, so we know what the offense is going to look like with Cassius uh, to a point. They're going to run. Uh, they're going to be creative. They're going to use the motion like they always do, and they're going to try to get it into the post for layups and post-ups, and they're going to try to shoot threes. What does it look like with McQuaid? You know, it's it's he's run a teeny bit of point guard last year, um, but if he's running point and they're just absolutely stuck in the mud like they would be sometimes with Tum uh, Tum last year, just foster lawyer get some earlier minutes than than is expected. I don't. I think we only maybe see Aaron Henry in terms of the freshman tonight. But if we're gonna see another one, uh, I think it'll be either foster lawyer or if the front court guys get in trouble, uh, we might see Marcus Bingham. Uh, and I, I, you know, we may see Marcus Bingham anyway at a stretch four position. We'll see how Izzo's gonna use him. That'll be something. Yeah, I'll just make that my next one. We'll just jump right to the next one real quick. Um, but yeah, watching that, uh, watching the backup point guard situation is another key. If they're able to bring McQuaid in and run the point and the offense is able to produce something uh, and, and kind of maintain a little bit what they have with Cassius Winston, that is a good sign. Uh, real quick, the pace. If, you, if the tempo is super slow, um, that's going to favor Kansas. Michigan State's going to want to get out and run. Uh, and if they're able to run and transition off of makes even like they we saw that last year they would other team would have a make and Michigan State would try to run 
uh, if they're able to run as much as they want and be effective in transition, that bodes well for them. Uh, and then the other freshman, I think it's it's really interesting to see what's going to happen. Like I just mentioned, I think uh, Aaron Henry's the only one with secure minutes at this point, and we've been talking about that all preseason. Uh, he's the best of the bunch in terms of readiness. Maybe uh, uh, other guys have higher potentials, higher ceilings, but he is ready to go right now, and he will play. But after that... Uh, there are, there's no freshmen with secure minutes, with guaranteed minutes each night. I think the foster lawyer is the closest to that yeah, due to the nature of the, the position. If he's able to come in and, and provide a spark, if a spark is needed on offense, they may go to him and just sort of live with whatever happens on the defensive end. And similar thinking with Marcus Bingham, the six foot eleven. Uh, stretch for super long guy, but is you know six eleven, two hundred fifteen pounds. He is absolutely real thin. Uh, I think he is like seven inches taller than Matt McQuaid, and the same weight, <laughs> something like like it is. He's a thin dude, and you'll see him. I think you'll you might see him uh, for a few minutes tonight. If Michigan State needs a little bit more of a dynamic look uh, on offense, if things are kind of getting bogged down, you can bring him in put him at a stretch four and maybe get some threes, some, um, you know, some dunks in transition, things like that. Cause he's an athletic dude and he's very skilled for how big he is. Well, he's just skilled in general, but he's also very big. So, uh, that'll be, uh, interesting to see. He just, it's same with foster lawyer. Uh, what, what happens on the other end of the floor? If those guys are asked to play big minutes, it could spell trouble for Michigan state tonight. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out in terms of how I see it. Playing out, I think it's more likely that Kansas is able to uh, uh, establish the tempo of the game, uh, be effective in the post like they want to be. Michigan State will be able to run a little bit. It won't be quite as good as it needs to be or as it will get later in the season. You know, they'll be sloppy with the ball. It's early season, so there's going to be more fouls than we would like. And I think uh, Nick Ward... Plays well, but gets into a little trouble. You know, same with Xavier Tillman, Kenny Goins, and I think we see uh, a little bit more of the freshman than Tom is totally comfortable with right now, and I think Kansas is probably going to be able to take advantage of that. So I think it's more likely that Kansas, just because of uh, their talent level and their depth, frankly, their depth is, is good, is more likely to come out on top on this one. It's an early season game. They tend to be sloppier and things like that. Uh, and the deeper you are, the more guys you have that can play, the better, and that just sets up really well for Kansas in the front court. And you can get away with, uh, you know, you can get away with uh, having a disadvantage at the guard spots if you have solid uh, post guys, which Kansas does that they're gonna ride. So yeah, I think it's more likely than not Kansas comes out on top and the game flows in their direction. But uh, it's gonna be a fun one either way. All right, we'll be back with a quick final segment about uh, uh, Michigan State fandom and why you should never root against your team unless it would somehow directly benefit your team, but I don't think that's even possible. Uh, But first, a word from our friends over at Sling TV. Guys, you don't want to watch the game. You need to watch the game. And if you can't watch tonight's game, you're going to be missing out. Here's how you fix that, right? 
if you want to watch the game, but you have no way to watch the game tonight, but you got an internet connection, here's what you do. Go to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G.com slash locked on, and you'll get a seven-day free trial of Sling TV. Sling TV is the best way to watch college football and basketball for $30 a month. You get ESPN, Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, and more of the games on ESPN tonight. So, boom, get your seven-day free trial. You're watching the game for free. Everyone's happy. And you can stream on all your favorite devices, from your big screen down to your smartphone. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. And right now, like I said, go to sling.com slash locked on, get that seven-day free trial. There's no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. That's sling.com slash locked on. And you guys got to make sure you're following the Locked On Podcast Network on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, If you like my show and you want to keep up with other shows of other sports teams, like maybe you're a, a, whatever, a Bears fan or a Chicago Bulls fan, but you went to MSU, things like that. It's a very common crossover there. You got to check out the Locked On Network on Twitter. It's at Locked On Network and same on Instagram. Uh, The Twitter feed, you know, you can catch up with shows. They're putting all all the shows in one convenient spot for you. Same with Instagram, they're using the story feature to use little clips from each show so you can get kind of a preview and then there's longer stuff in the actual feed. So real cool, interesting stuff that they are doing on social network. Just follow Lockdown Network on Twitter and Instagram. All right, welcome back to the show. Quick spe- uh, oh, whoa. quick what what is that? Quick segment three here is what I was trying to say. As we close out our Tuesday show, uh, I'm just going to leave that in. Screw it. I don't even care. Uh, I want to talk about uh, Michigan State fans and the idea that some of you are deciding to root for Ohio State this weekend. Now, the logic is, uh, if Ohio State beats Michigan State, they are still alive for the Big Ten East, and then they will play Michigan uh, in two weeks for a showdown to determine the winner of the Big Ten East, and essentially the winner of the Big Ten, who gets to go destroy Northwestern in the uh, conference championship game. Now, uh, also, if Michigan beats Ohio State, that will essentially clinch in the opposite direction for Michigan, because they play Rutgers, guaranteed victory, they play Indiana, a guaranteed victory, and then Ohio State, and even if Ohio State beats them, Michigan only has one loss in the conference. Ohio State would have two, and Michigan's going, you know, Michigan's going to the the Big Ten title game. And I think it is just there's no you don't root for Ohio State to uh, for the chance at Michigan being disappointed, right? You root for your team, uh, you root for Michigan State always. I've been seeing people like it calling it the dilemma, right? And I, I think a lot of it is just Michigan fans being uh, the the assholes that they are. I'm going to have to bleep that out. Um, but there's no real discussion here. Like, I don't think, and you can, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there are Michigan State fans who would rather see Michigan fans be disappointed than watch their team beat Ohio State. And since... This is not really a lost season for Michigan State, but you know your chances of the Big Ten title uh, are gone. You know who cares? What's another loss at this point, right? Maybe that's the logic behind it. Uh, Michigan still has something to lose, and watching them lose it would kind of make up for some of the uh, the heartbreak of this season. I guess that's the logic behind it, but I think that's just crap. Um, so yeah, I was kind of. Uh, I've seen some polls and different shows and different uh, blog 
uh, posts and different things like that about on the subject. And I just wanted to throw my weight uh, behind the movement too. Uh, you root for Michigan State uh, always uh, and, and forever, and you don't root like here's the 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 dilemma: you never root for Michigan unless Michigan winning Michigan winning benefits Michigan State. Then you root for Michigan. That's the dilemma. It's in the opposite direction. You never root for your team to lose to hurt Michigan, but you always root for Michigan to help your team. That makes sense, right? Michigan beats Ohio State to get Michigan State to the Big Ten title game, then yeah, we root for Michigan. So that's obviously not the scenario this year. could be the scenario in future years. Keep that in mind. But this Saturday, if you are a Michigan State fan, your number one priority should be to root for Michigan State uh, and then hope something happens that, you know, Indiana pulls off a miracle upset or something like that, or even if Ohio State beats Michigan and prevents them from getting to the playoff, that's fine too. That's that's fine to root for that, but primarily your number one thing uh, should be rooting for Michigan State every single week. Okay, well, I just decided I'm actually not going to go bleep out um, me calling Michigan fans a-holes. They deserve it, and I can swear. Uh, once in a while, it's not a big deal. So thank you so much for listening to the show today. We will be back uh, Wednesday. We'll recap the Champions Classic for what, just one segment, I think. Uh, obviously, the, the weight of the situation isn't, isn't that much. But we will spend one segment talking about uh, what went on. Uh, and then we'll, we'll get into football. I think Matt, yeah, Matt Hapner and I are not talking tonight. We won't have a film room tomorrow. We will have the film room Thursday. We are talking tomorrow night, Wednesday night, so we'll have a big show with Matt, a big football show Thursday, uh, so yeah, tomorrow basketball, and then more football talk, we'll, we'll see what's going on in the world, uh, if there's any news on the worky or anything like that, so stay tuned with us, follow the show on Twitter, at on Spartans, follow me on Twitter, at Will underscore underscore Hunter, 1L2 underscores, email the show, locked on Spartans at gmail.com, and subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get podcasts, and hop on over to iTunes, five-star review if you wouldn't mind. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back tomorrow, Wednesday, and until then, go green.